Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, hosted by Justin Bradford and Matt Best. Hello and welcome to Triple P, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, Justin Bradford, Matt Best. And, I mean, Matt, I need to start off with a little story. Ooh, story time already. Okay. Uh, trigger warning for bodily functions? You shit yourself, <laughs> didn't you? Close. That's <laughs> Okay. Wow, it's like it's like we have this ESPN thing going on. <laughs> um, so for those of you that know, which should be all of you, because I hope you listen to both things, Pony Box Radio Live uh, was on Wednesday night uh, with me and, and Glenn, and it is entering the last segment. So we are like one minute away from the last segment beginning, and my stomach all of a sudden starts rumbling. I'm like, uh-oh, I know that feeling. <laughs> to the point where it is like, sound like a whale <laughs> I'm like oh no then all of a sudden I hear 30 seconds I'm like oh no oh no and this is a segment where we do a lot of talking because always the Q&A uh-huh. so we read our questions off of Twitter and we spend all the time talking instead of having a guest where it's like ask a question and get an answer and you only talk for a very minimal time no this is all talking so there's pressure when you have to lean in front of the mic and everything we come back and all of a sudden Glenn is answering a question and my stomach is just <laughs> like audibly. <laughs> like, oh no. And it's that in your stomach where it starts to tighten up, where it's like, dude, you need to get me to the toilet fast. <laughs> the like, gates are about to open. Yeah, it's 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 happening, man. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. I had Zaxby's for dinner. Zaxby's is a chicken place for those of you that aren't familiar with it. And Thank you. I tried I tried their new sauce. Which was garlic buffalo. <laughs> I'm gonna blame it on the sauce. Where's the cheese is under the sauce? Um, but <laughs> that's what I'm gonna blame it on. And so we 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 finish up on time. We're out at the right moment, and Glenn's like, "Well, I'm so excited for you." For also for those of you that don't know, I'm getting married this weekend. And she's like, well, this is my last time I'm going to see you as unmarried Justin. And, and like comes in and give me a hug. And so like, I give her a hug. I'm like, I need to go to the bathroom. So I'll be able to come down the stairs with you to walk walk out to our cars. And she's like, oh, okay, that's fine. I don't know if she knew or not. But <laughs> again, I'm like, oh, God. So I finally get in there. And it's one of those whoosh. Like one go and just we're done? Yes. Yes. <laughs> And just dirty bitch. And I was just like, well, I feel better. And like, what the hell was that all about? Like, it was just one of the words came out of nowhere. I'm going, can you imagine if I was in a place that didn't have access to it? Could you imagine if you were playing a hockey game? I would have Luongoed it. (laughs) Like, you can't get out of all those clothes that quick. Right. That's it. Speaking of, (laughs) speaking of Roberto Luongo, speaking of Roberto Luongo. Oh, he was at the suite next door. Roberto Luongo was in a suite right next to Kodak Black for the Panthers game. Mr. Best, because I've done all the talking, your immediate reaction when you saw the first video come out. I need another angle. That was it. (laughs) I saw the first one. I was like, there's no way. I was like, you've heard of people doing it at sporting events before, but like in the Especially concerts when it's dark. Yes. That sounds like you have... have. I know stories. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to give me a story of you. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, that was just very specific for you to nail on. No, it's just because I know specific stories because I've, I've uh, seen some shit. 
Yeah, well, uh, I've like heard of it in like stairwells at certain places, but never oh, yeah. like in a suite out in the open. Or if it's in a suite, it's at the part of the suite where no one can see. Right. But I saw this, I was like, there's no way he's doing that at the game. Turns out he was dancing. And let me tell you, his dancing and me doing the deed look pretty similar. Well, she also had her skirt hiked up, which didn't help. Dancing. Yeah, dancing. Dancing. From the other angle. We saw the other angle. Good thing we didn't see the dangle, but it was dancing. Yeah, it was dancing. I, I'm... <sighs> it's funny. I, like, I don't... Honest to God, I don't have a problem with it. I, I mean, that makes me sound like a deviant. I mean, like, I don't have a problem with the whole story. There's no one got hurt, and it's hilarious. My only concern is if there were children that were within well, sight. Okay, that too. Yes, that's inappropriate dancing. Like, if a kid turned around, looked up at the box, and was like, what that? Then, yeah, there's a problem. Or like, what's Kodak Black doing? How do you know who Kodak Black is? That should be the first <laughs> problem. Like, if you're an eight-year-old and it's like, I love Kodak Black, it's like, probably shouldn't. <laughs> but I was pretty proud of my quote tweet. Yeah, you're disgusting. <laughs> oh, me? Yes! What was your quote tweet? Let me pull it up. Hold on. Justin B. Bradford. All right. Let's I was just... very proud of it. Yeah. And... and I even searched the quote tweets to make sure I wasn't ripping off somebody else accidentally. Isn't that the worst? No one... It is. Uh, Especially when great. you don't mean to do it. Uh huh. Pretty upsetting when that happens. Intent to blow, though. <laughs> Let me read some of the replies. <laughs> Dear God, Justin, this is a family website. <laughs> Justin, no crying emoji. Justin, please, skull and crossbones emoji. You win. Justin, triple exclamation mark. A gif of someone spitting out water. Two minutes for high dicking. Genius. So you, I had you, every reason to be proud. You capitalized on it. I'll give you that I much. did. Oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> I was waiting for the perfect moment, and people are so creative. But as soon as that one came out, I was like, okay, I got to get on this. That one's <laughs> good. That's... <laughs> the best part was like throughout the whole night the nhl was tweeting out that kodak black was at the game the panthers tweeted out kodak black was at the uh -huh. game and then one of the two deleted their tweet i just forget who it was and i don't want to be wrong but it was one of the two but my god that's and, incredible and now everybody's saying oh man if only strombone one didn't work for the team we'd get his take on this and he did not disappoint. Roberto Luongo comes out and actually has a take because well, if you have not seen this video, he is in the video. Mm -hmm. He's in a suite right next to Kodak Black in the video, and he had a take. <laughs> PA announcer, please keep your eyes on the puck at all times. Everyone, okay, Kodak, honey, turn around. It's not safe. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, <sighs> hockey, hockey. Anyways, the Natural Predators are, well, Matt, I'm going to do a quick series here, and you're going to fill in the blank. How about that? So it's ad libs. Yeah, we're fill, we're at we're ad libbing it right now. This folks. is an we ad libbed ap ap episode. 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 We did not prepare for this because uh -uh. I figured, why not? Okay, the natural predators are blank at hockey right now. How many words do I get? Just one, or do I get to fill in the blank? I'll say you get a max of three words. Pretty damn good. Okay. Let's see. Matt Duchesne. Well, they're going to use me there. <laughs> Matt Duchesne, colon, blank, blank, blank. <laughs> Bad motherfucker. 
like, honest to God, from his post-game comments to oh, just give him, a damn. him having a contract year, good for him. When like, it's not even one. So, <laughs> yeah, like, this feels like a Matt Duchesne contract year. Like, it feels like he is just fighting for something, but I guess he just gives a damn. But, yeah, no, 33 points, 33 games, uh, looking at it all right now. Shooting percent of 17.6, which is pretty high. Yeah, uh, he shot the puck 91 times. Like he's playing like a man on a mission. So yeah, bad mother is the is my fill in the blank for him. Can only imagine how big his eyes got when that rebound popped out to him. Oh yeah, well. that's Christmas morning. That's hello, thanks, bye. Like, okay, la- last one here before we actually will get into a discussion about it. Um, <laughs> Tanner Janot, space. Calder won't win the Calder, which is okay. like it's that feels super obvious to just say like he's not unless for the second half of the season he produces at a point per game rate he's not going to win the Calder. It's probably third in Calder voting right now. That's where I'd put him. Okay. But like a month ago, like actually a few weeks ago when he started getting hot, I had Janot like four or five. Yeah, now he's like three. That means he's in the conversation. That's now, what's important. Now right he's now. officially in the conversation. When he's four or five, it was like a nice little niche thing. Now that he's like, for me at least, top three and firmly in there, now you can have the conversation about it. Okay, let me ask another hypothetical then. If he still leads rookies in goal score, not necessarily points, I think that might be difficult for points because just given the situations that he plays in, not going to rack up as many assists. Mm-hmm. If he leads rookies in goals scored, and is only behind in terms of total points by 10 or less, would that change? Yeah. Not much, though. Just because... Uh, Does that give so, him a chance? Do you think that would at least give voters an opportunity to put him at number one? Yes. And then it'll give an argument for, well, he deserves more because he's not getting power play time. He has two power play points. The other guys right. ahead of him, Lucas Raymond and Trevor Zegers, have much more so the argument could be made both ways where if you give Tanner Janot the power play time that he deserves then he'd get those power play points it's not the Calder isn't a hypothetical if he's in the best case scenario would he win the Calder thing the Calder is however he is played and deployed out there on the ice that's what you get to judge him on you don't get to judge him on the well if he did this which is a fair argument but that's just not the award it would put him closer but it probably wouldn't change much so here's my thought on it is that I think he deserves to be talked about more given his value to the team, not that it's a situational thing, but that are we looking at the most valuable rookie to their team? Mm-hmm. And because I figure it's supposed to be like MVP of rookies. Yes. Is what it's supposed to be without Tanner Janot, This team would look very different, not just in terms of goals scored, but in terms of the physicality aspect of it too, with the way that he creates room out there. And as Glenn and I discussed in Penalty Box Radio Live show, teams now have to prepare for Tanner Janot, not just from a physical aspect, but that he's an actual scoring threat out there, that he is a guy that can pop the puck in, he can skate, he has speed, especially for his size, and he can hit you. And if you decide to drop the gloves against him, may God be with you. So it's that's what I'm looking at, too, is, yes, of course, teams are having to prepare for Trevor Zegers, Lucas Raymond. They have to prepare for them mm-hmm. because they are they are super talented, highly skilled players. Tanner Janot enters a conversation, too, of 
teams have to prepare for him. He's not just any other player out there right now as it stands because of the well-roundedness that he offers as well, too. That's what I think helps the conversation a little more. Not to say that I think right now Tanner for Calder or anything like that because it's still early. we got to get past the halfway point. Let's get two-thirds of the way into the yeah. season, too. Right now, he is doing everything he needs to do, keep that up, and he stays in the conversation. And I think it can because of the way he's being deployed, too. And we'll see how other teams adjust against him as the season progresses. But he has to be prepared for by the opposition. And that's really fun to see because if you have a fully healthy National Predators team, if they have to prepare for Tanner Janot and Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg, those are three very different types of players that a team has to prepare for. The the one thing about Tanner Janot that you touched on that I want to expand on more is like he's getting the right amount of ice time. He's not getting overworked. He's not getting underworked. He's getting rewarded when he needs to be rewarded. I'm looking here, December 17th against Chicago, 22 minutes. Uh, December 16th against Colorado, 24 minutes. Those two games, Tanner Janot was the most impressive player on the ice. I remember watching those two games and going, he's been out there a lot. Now looking at the game logs, it makes complete sense. Then you look at the rest of the game logs, 14, 16, 15, 16, 15. 12 minutes against Arizona, but that's because he had 12 PIMS. He's getting deployed at the rate in which he should to prevent him from just tailing out towards the end of the season, but to keep his skills fresh. We're not seeing any of the early season 10-minute, 12-minute ice time. like That mm-hmm. happened super early, and it kind of bucked the trend. And this is the first sense of consistency where his time on ice has been within a minute instead of like two to three minutes. We're at the grand scheme of things. That's a big deal in terms of your endurance because if you're used to being trotted out there for 15 to 16 minutes, your body knows how to adapt to that. Mm-hmm. But if one day coach is going to be like 22, all right, next game, 13, then it's a bit different. Uh, I pulled up the betting odds for Tanner Janot too for as of right now, the NHL 21-22 awards. Trevor Zegers is the runaway favorite at plus 150. Lucas Raymond right behind him at plus 175. Cider is plus 800 and Janot is plus 800. So he's technically tied for third right now, and this is what it's been for me the whole time. It's been Zegras, Raymond, Sider, Janot, and then Dawson Mercer has been my top five. Dawson Mercer and Tanner Janot could be the same odds within a month because Mercer is having a hell of a streak right now. Right. Um, If I were a betting man... You are a betting man. Don't... You're right. You're right. You're right. Who would I put my money on? The question here, there's no value at plus 150. There's no value at plus 175. Is you take either one of them and then an injury happens, see it later. So I don't like to do that for these kinds of things. Nadelkovich, not even worth that plus 3,000. I'd honestly put my money on Dawson Mercer at plus 1,800 because there's just that more value compared to Tanner Janot at plus 800. But I would have loved to see what Tanner Janot's number was to start the year. I guarantee you it would have been off the board to the point where you would have to call the book or email the book and get them to put it on. Because it's just, that would have been been plus 10,000. Easily. Which shows how much he's progressed. Yeah. Surprised everyone. He has the attention. And it's not like this isn't a benchmark point. But when hockey podcasts that aren't Nashville-centric are talking about him, then you got a legitimate thing on your hands. Now, my thing with Tanner Janot is I've always compared him to JVR, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to tweak that a tiny bit. Tanner Janot is a clone of JVR, except you take away some scoring touch and add a bit more grit. And JVR is the opposite, where you add more scoring touch, get rid of a bit more grit. But they like mm-hmm. playing in the same areas. They're the same kind of guy there. And this is JVR prime, not JVR right now. 
uh, <laughs> but it's the same mold. He's the same kind of player. And if you can make that work in the NHL at its current sp- uh, state, you're going to get a payday. Because about to, yeah, there's about to say. not a lot of effective power forwards. The no. effective power forwards that are in this league are vet men guys on third and fourth lines. <laughs> like, that's what's happening now with the state of the game. But Tanner Janot is like, F you, F this. I'm going to play my game as a big boy from Sask and score goals. And like you said, too, just about adjusting for minutes and how the bodies adjust, Tanner Janot is a health and fitness freak. With him staying in shape, how he treats his body and the foods that he eats, his diet, his training, everything like that, all that goes into play. There's a reason why he makes the most out of every single time he's on the ice because he is in peak physical form. Yeah, and he's... you can do that when you're in peak physical form. That you, 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 you're a big body. Yeah, you can skate like hell because you're in peak physical form. It doesn't matter how big you are. He's taking full advantage of all that because of the way he takes care of himself. Tanner's no, like he's a good looking dude. He's 24 years old. He's six <laughs> two, 208 pounds, and in shape. Yeah, like if he wasn't in hockey, he'd also be fine. <laughs> but like, <laughs> he's my one thing to you is we don't see players come into the NHL in, like, their first full year and score goals like he is in terms of, like, you usually need to have a knack for scoring goals in front of the net. Especially you, his path. Right? <laughs> that, like, you need to have a knack for that on drafted and all that. In the WHL, he had one forty goal season. I'm looking at it now. If he had three or four seasons in the WHL with 40 goals, one would have been drafted. Two, this question would be obsolete. How sustainable <laughs> is his goal-scoring pace? Like, how many should people expect per year? I'm 15 to 20. Yeah, and that's what I would expect, too, given the style of game that he plays. But I would, I would lean more on, the, like, the 20. Because if he stays in good shape uh, and everything else, there's no reason why you shouldn't expect 20 from him. Because, yeah, he's a little bit older for a rookie. Mm-hmm. But so is Kaprizov. So don't come at me with these older Red Wings fans. Had plenty of salt. In there, but he's 24. Like so was Kaprizov. Yeah, no, he was still a rookie. That's the book. That's what it is. It's your first he's, year. He's a rookie. He played in the E last year. Yeah, no, no. I mean, so he's he he deserves to get some consideration mm-hmm. when he played in the E, and then all of a sudden you're a rookie and you're leading goals uh, for the for the rookies in the NHL. But I think it's one of those things too. Yeah, 15 to 20 seems to be a good average. He's the kind of player though that he could have one of those years where things are just clicking and he's getting in front of the net. He's getting some garbage goals where he could pop in 25. Yeah. He's that type of player. He could have that peak year, but I think a good average over his career with what he's playing right now, I think you have 15 to 20, maybe lean on the higher side towards 19, 20. To me, Tanner Janot equals out to what Zach Hyman did with the Leafs. He wasn't a big prospect. Florida, the Leafs kind of thing. Wasn't on anybody's radar. Got put in a good situation to just literally play his game, which is be a big body and bang the puck in. Zach Ivan said, thanks, Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going to Edmonton to play with Connor McDavid and make a shit ton of money. <laughs> the only thing I will say, because one of the things that people are bringing up is Tanner Janot, yeah, he's 24. He can develop. He can develop. He can develop. The skill ceiling for this kind of player isn't as high as the skill ceiling for a guy who's been touted in junior to be a goal scorer. And then it doesn't actually happen oh, right. yet, right? Like Jack and getting Hughes, the coaching and everything. Exactly. Jack yeah. Hughes' first couple of years in the NHL looked like shit. Didn't look great. This year looks good because that ceiling is there and he's had time to progress and progress. Now, I'm not ruling it out for Tanner Janot. I'm just saying, like, that's not what he's supposed to be. So if you're right. expecting, like, NHL experience equals higher progression, yeah, but only to what he's capable of. So that's not how it works, yeah. Right. Like, how... 
if he joins the list of undrafted or seventh round guys that turn into this incredible hockey player, the Zetterbergs, like the St. Louis of the world, then that'd be awesome. It's just that doesn't happen Rare. a lot at all. At most, they turn into impact players where good for them. It worked out. But just temper expectations. Enjoy it. He's kicking so much ass. He's a perfect middle six forward. Could probably play top six minutes on some teams. Not a lot. But just just enjoy it for what it is. I mean, I'd like to think that he's a way less shitty version of what Tom Wilson provides the Caps at times. Yes. If anything, it was a little bit higher scoring touch. Higher scoring touch, less aggressive. Right, but could it could turn into a little bit higher scoring touch. It depends on who he's paired with, too, out there. Like, who, who he's out there on the ice with. I mean, Tom, that obviously helps Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson would be <laughs> nobody without the top six that well, Washington right. has. Zach Hyman would have been nothing if he wasn't a top six player in Toronto. Like, right. it, the whole argument, the same thing happened with Connor Brown in Toronto. Connor Brown came to Toronto and just wasn't that great and then went to... Ottawa and everyone was like well he used to run with McDavid and score all these points but now that he has a top six role it's like his ceiling is only so high that's it like you need a supporting cast around you or you're going to suffer Tanner Janot is doing pretty good with what he has on his line right now right and and the the cool thing too for him is when you think about where his mindset probably was a couple years ago and obviously his the goal is to make the NHL always but in terms of salary and what the kid was making back then into what his potential is going to be now he could you know he maybe he plays in the nhl for only four or five more years you never know but over those four or five more years there's no doubt that he's probably should be getting paid around three yeah (laughs) three to four the only thing that would ruin tanner geno's career are injuries because of the way he plays yeah but him staying in shape and being aware of his shape so early in his career oh yeah be a brick shithouse you're fine yeah then that's going to go a long way instead of having that's maybe one of the things too why he's been able to make this jump is that he's taken his fitness so seriously early on instead of waiting for other coaches to tell him to Mm -hmm. because we see how many other players that maybe don't it doesn't exist as much nowadays because you have agents advising you and all these different types of things but for being an undrafted guy who wasn't like you said getting that coaching from 18 years old to 20 that's six years now but let's say five years because he joined the pred system Five years of not having development camps like that, of being a part of a system. He probably he's been invited on plenty, I'm yeah, sure, and probably worked been, his ass off. It was just buried and didn't make teams or, or didn't and didn't get drafted in in years. So all those factors go into play. But either way, enjoy the ride with Tanner Janot. He's kicking ass right now. He's putting the Preds in the conversation, who are now in the conversation for potentially multiple awards. Mm-hmm. So not just Calder. There's Yusuf Saros Vezina. There's Roman Ooh. Yossi. Norris. Saros for Vesna. He is one, two, three, the fourth listed player at fourteen hundred odds. So he has the respect. He should. I mean, there's still a long time to go. The we're, guy, not even, we're not even forty-one games. No, it's crazy. It feels the, like we are. The guys above him: Jack Campbell, Shesterkin, Vasilevsky, and then you can take the field if you want to at plus a thousand, which is the dumbest shit. And yeah. then Saros at plus fourteen hundred. Uh, as a betting man, my money would go on Saros immediately right now. Well, yeah, and it's crazy. Without the postponed, if we did have the postponed games played, the season would be halfway mm-hmm. at the halfway point, p- past it. But yeah, Saros, uh, Vezina, what's Yossi at for Norris? Yossi is sixth at plus 1,200 or tied for fourth. 
because it goes McCarr plus 175, who I think will win. Okay. Adam right. Fox plus 400, Hedman, Hedman 400, Ekblad plus 1,000, and Carlson's 1,000 as well, and Yossi's plus 12. And then there's a okay. huge gap, goes to 2,500 to Morgan Riley. So you uh, see what your top six is in yeah, terms of would, what people think. Yeah, I wouldn't even touch this. would just leave it. That, yeah. like, unless McCarr blows a knee out, it's his. Right. Well, I mean, and we saw what he's capable of doing in that game last night. He's disgusting. Uh, oh, my God, the move. The, in the little adjustments. That's the thing. As a defenseman, same thing with Roman Yossi. We've seen that of him, too. Those little minor adjustments that you do to, tur- to turn a defenseman around just to get them off in terms of how they're tracking you to clear away towards the net. It is insane how talented so many of these guys are, especially his defensemen doing these types of moves. The spin so. move he had was just oh yeah, so stupid. Uh, that was the same night the Forsberg had his past self-pass goal, yeah. too. If you were to start a franchise right now, and I could tell you you could have Roman Yossi at 20 years old or Kale McCarr at 20 years old, who would you take? I hate you. That's hard, isn't it? It is really difficult because they are very similar mm-hmm. in terms of players. And I say this, too, because I actually asked Roman Yossi something about mm. this before. After uh, he won the Norris. Because when you think of the styles of defensemen, right, you see an evolution over time. With any style, with any player, you see an evolution. So Roman Yossi obviously benefited greatly from having Phil Housley as an assistant coach in his younger years um, in terms of developing that. And you see plenty of mobile defensemen. But in terms of, like, the mobile defenseman for a few years, it was Roman Yossi. Yeah, he was the guy. He was the guy. And then along came a few other guys, like your uh, Miro Heiskanen's, your Kale McCars. Uh, those guys started to come out with the next generation. So I asked Yossi about it. It was, yes, I mean, he didn't necessarily talk about himself, but he was the first generation, and quickly the next generation came right after him mm. of setting the new standard of defensemen and what other teams were looking for, too, because they realized, oh, we can get defensemen really involved and not just involved in offense, but be willing to allow them to drive towards the net and be highly involved as well, too, to be almost an extra winger at times and have that trust factor to rotate guys to utilize their skills. Because the, how many defensemen probably over the past few decades have been talented enough to do that, but they just weren't allowed to? So many. So many. So they just Because many. the system of hockey... They weren't allowed to Was, go and utilize you their go skill. Any further than the blue line, you're getting a bag skate. That was the whole right. thing. Like, if the question was flipped to me, who would I take? I'd take Hill McCarr. Just because it's a slightly faster NHL now, and McCarr's, like, just body type fits in better. Okay, well, I mean, if that's the scenario, then yeah, I would take that. Yeah. If it's, like, say, all things considered equal, then I would take Yossi. Yeah. If it's I, all things considered equal. It's tough, because, I mean, you're, Yossi's a Norris winner. Hill McCarr's well, going to win a Norris. Right, and because I guess I'm taking my knowledge base on what I've seen out of Yossi throughout his career, and that's what I'm basing it on, with all things setting equal, as in they're starting in the the right prime. You could could add, like, Adam Fox to this conversation. Yeah, of course. There really is no wrong answer. It's just crazy how good defensemen are now. Yeah, and what's expected out of them, too. Like, how they can, like, compared to the old days where they could only impact play defensively, like with hits or breaking something up. Kale McCarr does a half spin on a Chicago Blackhawks player and then snipes it. Like that changes the whole game. That changes literally everything. Roman Yossi jumps up in the play and rips one in the slot instead of the blue line. Changes the whole game. It's just completely different. Well, and and think you see just how everything's changed with how the Predators have drafted mm-hmm. defensemen as well. I mean, you, obviously you can see what they have in Yossi, but then you saw what they kind of expect out of Fabro. He isn't near as mobile. As, as Roman Yossi, but then what they want in the system, you see your David Ferentz. 
mobile guy, especially Jeremy Davies. Very mobile in terms of what they want and expect out of this as well. I know they've taken a couple more traffic cone-ish uh, defensemen <laughs> as well, but it's but it's more of a balance, I think, of what they're trying to see what they can do with those guys just to kind of say, hey, we know, especially in the middle to late rounds, you're not drafting to get a top four defenseman. You're drafting for, hey, could you play in the third pairing for two years? Yeah. <laughs> kind and of thing. Could you maybe perhaps turn into a reliable third pairing defenseman that yeah. we don't have and to that's trade? Fine. That's, that's, and that's fine. That's fine. That's great. It's, it's better to find it in a, in a draft and pay way less instead of having to overpay for a veteran. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So let's discuss that game briefly and not just the game itself, but the implications of the game between the Predators and Colorado because people have heard so much post-game talk. They've heard it from me already on Penalty Box Radio. Uh, they've heard it everywhere else. It's going to be old news. But more the implications. So in the past 14 games, the National Predators have only lost twice. Once in regulation, once in the shootout, and those are back-to-back. So it ended a seven-game win streak, and then a new five-game win streak began after that. In that span, they beat Vegas, a very good team, they beat the Rangers, another very good team right now as well. And they beat Colorado, not just once, but twice. And in those two games, they scored five goals against Colorado each time. Yeah, Colorado in this other game scored four against them. In the other meeting, it was only two. Obviously, Colorado is still a litmus test. But getting four quality wins like that in 14 games, especially against a division rival and a Western, a Western Conference rival, what does that mean to you? What does that show you? Because people probably know what I think. When you see wins like this for this National Predators team, when they are litmus tests, very skilled teams, especially Colorado, highly skilled, and Vegas, who just everybody's still obviously high in Vegas. What does it speak to you, Matt? When they beat Colorado for the first time on that 5-2 game, I went, eh, doesn't really count that much. The abs were depleted. McKinnon mm-hmm. was just starting to get like back in the lineup. I was like good cool whatever and i knew that they would play in january so i was like there's where i'll actually give a damn you look at the rest of their schedule the impressive games that are going to be circled are there's all the postponements blah 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 blah. there's this uh against vegas like you said who are a pretty damn good team now that they're healthy they have no excuses like everyone is there and everyone's ready now mm-hmm. except for poor old patches but most of their team is healthy. They have some superstars back. They're fine. They win by a narrow amount. That shows me they can contend. They beat LA 4-2. They beat Arizona 4-2. Like, that's, those are the teams you're supposed to beat. But it used to be that you and I would talk about, like, you would have to win this game against the Coyotes. They've earned enough respect to, for, for me at this point that they could have dropped one against the Coyotes. And that wouldn't have been a <laughs> let's wave the white flag. It would have been eh, just an off game which right. we never gave them the benefit of the doubt for last year, early in the season even. It was just, they must win this, must win this, have to compete in this. It'd be okay if they lose to this team. But now they're showing that they can hang and bang with the big boys. When they beat Colorado 5-4, one, fun game, two, officiating, ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's been beat to death. The Avalanche had a full lineup. They had everyone that was ready to go. They had Darcy Kemper starting this time, which was another, like, asterisk on the first game because it was, like, Francouz. Francouz? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was like, cool, good, whatever. Like, you should beat up on that version of the Avs team. This version of the Avs team, that was a game. That was fun. That was an exciting game other than the officiating. But that's just 
how I think the Preds are expected to be now. Once you cross the threshold of I have now beat top dogs in the NHL, everyone's watching you. It doesn't uh-huh. matter if you're a small market team or a big market team. The second you start knocking off competitors for the Stanley Cup, you're going to get noticed. So now if the Preds lose to an abs team or if they lose to Vegas or coming up, let's see here, they lose Buffalo. to St. Louis, they lose to... <laughs> <laughs> Almost had you. They lose to Boston. They lose to St. Louis. Then it's like, okay, what's happening here? They will get more scrutiny for losing to the teams that are contenders now than losing against shitty teams. Just because they've shown over a decent stretch that they're for real. This team, not like for real Stanley Cup contender for real. I don't, I'm not on that hill yet. They're for real competitive team. They're for real competitive team. They're a team that reminds me a hell of a lot of the, I think it was 08 Los Angeles Kings, where they snuck into the playoffs with that eight seed, and Johnny Quick backstopped them all the way. What did that team have? Tough MFers, a couple skilled guys, a hell of a defenseman in Drew Doughty, and a great goaltender in Jonathan Quick. What did the Preds have? Kind of the same Boy, recipe. Don't don't tease people with a good time. It's the same yeah. recipe, though. I'm... But yeah, I'm comparing Andre Kopitar in his prime to right. Philip Forsberg, right? Like, right. Kopitar? Forsberg, uh, Olympic Johnny Quick, UC Saros, who's been great. Olympic UC Saros. Dustin Brown, Tanner Janot. Like, the comparisons are there, but it's not, like, super set in stone. It's not right. one-on-one kind of thing. We got a long way to go still. Oh, yeah. Over over 41 games, which is, dear God, that means you're going to squeeze so much into a few months. Uh, which is why the depth is going to be important, which is another reason why it's important to have the likes of Tanner Janot. Mm-hmm. scoring the way he is or a Yakov Trenin scoring the way he is to have Luke Cunning put in a two goal game who was underperformed and he knows he's underperformed because the board is expected of him. Luke Cunning's supposed to be the 20 goal guy. He's supposed to be like the Craig Smith mm-hmm. type of replacement. Like, okay, dude, we, we know you're not going to be this breakout star, but you need to be that sec- solid second liner that gets 20 goals a season. You need to be the guy where teams at the deadline are looking for this kind of player that can flex into their middle six and flex right. up there because they just score goals and get points. That's right. what he needs to be. Right, and he had a great game. A great yeah. game. That's what you need out of Luke Cunning is to have a couple of those games build that confidence up, but that depth scoring is what's going to send the Preds over the edge towards being truly competitive because now that you have your stars continue, like Matt Duchesne is continuing. It wasn't just a hot start. He is good this season. He yeah, really, really, really good this season. Forsberg, really good. And he'll be coming back from COVID protocol either Thursday or Saturday. So he's really – Roman Yossi, really good. Yusuf Saros, obviously really good. So they putting up together so many good things in this season to build confidence in, which is also going to be curious as to what happens at the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> because we, we, it's been discussed how many times about Forsberg. was not just that, though, is – Poyle's going to be looking at this going, well, we're one piece away. God damn it. Don't say one piece away again. (laughs) That's why I'm worried. The cupboard is finally getting restocked. Jeremy Davies, Carrier, all these, Tomasino, all these guys. Pretty stocked. My worry. Let's let's pick a team who's a seller. Let's just do this live on the fly here. Uh, Who's going to be a seller for sure? Let's go look at who has stuff to sell. <laughs> Seattle Kraken has stuff to sell for sure. Uh, let's do two case studies here. Let's Montreal. Do... Montreal. Montreal. And we will do the Kraken. Montreal, line combinations, line combinations. 
Uh, how big oh, God. of an erection would David Poyle get if Montreal called and said Mike Hoffman is available? But there's been so many rumors before about Mike Hoffman. Right, and I just, right. But it's just my whole no, thing I, is... No, I'm talking about like of Preds fans wanting him here. I don't think Nashville wants Mike Hoffman. No, but I mean, David Poyle will go goal scorer, having bad year, me get, me like. like, Or if uh, Seattle goes Yanni Gord, who showed prowess with the... Uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, and he was looking yeah. good there, and now he's in Seattle going, eh, okay. Well, what about Callie Yarncroke? <laughs> no, stop that. But like, that's my worry is that someone goes, okay, give us B level prospect mid round pick, and he's yours. Mm-hmm. For there's a, so many players across the league, like it, that's the worry. I don't think you need to make any moves. Why mess with a good thing that's overperforming? Well, just let it run because they they've overperformed in a great way from what was supposed to be a competitive rebuild that yeah. now they're just a competitive hockey team. So just let it run its course. Keep those guys continuing to develop, utilize all your draft picks to keep rebuilding because if they go at this pace, then that means you're that much closer to a true Stanley Cup window opening. Mm-hmm. If you keep at this pace and maybe you make a maybe you make it to the second round this year, maybe you make it to the Western Conference final, who knows? But I'd rather them do that with what they have right now then make moves because then if you do this with what you have right now, it means the next year, the team should be even better. And the year yes. after that, even better, because then you have all these prospects coming up to where you can let somebody go if you need to, because you continue to draft. And so three, four years of a Stanley cup window, that could be phenomenal for this team. If you're not trading away things, cause you can't keep rebuilding it because you have to win a cup before you can say it was worth it to sell the farm. Yep. A hundred percent. And you have to at least, go through a few rounds there's a lot of players i'm looking at that i know david poyle would be like i want this under did, did, did they go to northeastern <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> like an anders lee becomes available because the islanders are sucking that guy's gonna be expensive goals. with his full contract you're matching contract and then giving prospects that's it that's like there's so many teams around the league like that you can make a case for anybody in their top six and david poyle going me likey, me love it. Me want some more of it. Om nom nom, Cookie Monster, David. Boyle. Oh God! Oh God! Okay, so before I move on to the next quick subject matter, why are you giggling? What is? I just want give me one word when I say this phrase. Okay. Ken Holland, Evander Kane. <laughs> See, the problem is all the one words are prefaced by the F word. Um, Jagaloon. Okay. <laughs> what a dumbass. Like, okay, Connor McDavid's comments, Evander Kane. Eh. For me, always deserve to lose now. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I Dude, like. Screw like, you. If, if that's what you're going to say, then you don't have any cojones on you. No. It, like. I also feel like, what was he supposed to say? I know, but you are... He, he got backed into a corner by Ken Holland. By he, Ken exactly. Holland being like, I like this guy, I want him. You're putting your captain, your generational talent, into a position to have to answer for your shitty actions. Mm-hmm. And when, think- well, he Ken Holland was probably like, I already said everyone deserves a second chance. It's like, cool. Yeah, it's also no. the Canadian hockey media. 
Yeah. No. What do you expect out of a team that has felt so much pressure because they have not won a cup when you have two generational talents and one that doesn't get again. talked about? Yeah. So, like, come on. Like, McDavid, you got to say a little something. You got to say a little something, I, something. I think if the Oilers are winning and their on ice product isn't as shitty as it is right now, then he says something a little more. But because that team, like the media up here, is at their necks because well, yeah. they were good to start the year. And now Miko Koskinen is Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith is old. So <laughs> <laughs> it just makes no sense to me. But if they were performing averagely, then I could see Connor McDavid saying something. It, here, Here's what I would like something. Of, I'm paraphrasing, but here's what I'd like. Yeah, I really like the locker room we have right now. I'm confident in the guys that we have. If can see someone out there before the trade deadline that he thinks can add to this locker room and add to, to us on the ice, then I'd be more than happy to welcome that member in. Bam. Yeah, that's all you need to say. That's all you need to you, say. You can, that's like when that. you're allowed to skate around the topic because it's not supposed to be your place right now. And the, so, the counter you see argument how I did is, that? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but the counter argument I've been seeing is, but he's the captain. He should be able to speak candidly. No, he's the captain. He should be able to talk about the best interests of the team. And sometimes yeah. that means pussyfooting around the subject. At least do that because here it makes him look worse. With what oh, he yeah. said, it oh, makes yeah, Connor yeah, McDavid yeah. look really bad. That's yeah, pretty stupid. <laughs> but so it, to me, the only reason, like, I just Ken Holland made him do it, like as a puppeteer kind of thing. Yeah, I would be. Oh, I, I, I hope he's pissed off at his general manager. Hundred percent. Because the thing is, we see this how often now in this sport of guys that just need to stop. Mm-hmm. Ken Holland does not need to be working in hockey anymore. There's a lot of old guard that doesn't. There's need a to be lot in hockey. Anymore. There's a lot, and I know, I know you. We we're on the same page with this. There are so so many that don't need to be in this sport anymore because their actions speak way louder than any of the bullshit they say. Well, another example that's making the rounds right now is Hextall wanting Nolan Patrick in that draft. And the whole room wanted Kale McCarr. The Flyers wanted to draft Kale McCarr. But Hextall was like, no, rough and tough. Got to get my forward. Got to get this guy. Let's get him. Kale McCarr's too soft. And he overrode everyone's decision. That's the old guard bullshit where a normal general manager would be like, let me hear it out. Pretty much a majority, unless it's like there's a death wish against his son if he doesn't draft this player kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, you're going to listen to your department. But there's so many examples of old guard, whether it be like, negative old guard like Ken Holland and friends or like mm-hmm. you dumbass old guard like Hextall. So here's where I'll give David Poole credit because from what I've seen over the draft, <laughs> see you know, the, well, the, the Predators <laughs> that in terms of their drafting, they haven't been in as many positions to pick really good offensive talents to stand right out. You're like, yes, that's the one because the, that year was going to be the Seth Jones year. Mm-hmm. That was going to be the year. It's like Barkov, Barkov, Barkov. And then everything got flubbed up. And once you got past Jones, it was a little bit more difficult to decide, okay, what route do you want to go? Because Seth Jones, obviously, especially then, and I know he's trailed off a little bit, but still a solid defenseman for that draft. Still and there a were a top couple, pairing elite yeah, defenseman, yeah. Exactly. There were a couple of players after that that performed well, but you still don't know then. But you knew with McKinnon. You knew with Barkov. You knew what was going to happen mm-hmm. uh, with, with, with these players, but that didn't happen. So they, the team that we thought was going to draft – um, Jones, which is Colorado, drafted McKinnon. And it messed everything up to where Barkov then went to Florida. So what I'm my point, though, is that 
David Poyle, in terms of how he allows the different scouting staff and player development to be available, he puts a lot of trust into other people to make decisions during the draft where it's not him. And you see that because of who they make available after the draft as well. They have a lot of their scouts immediately available for media right after that player was drafted. So if it's a scout that that scouted this one particular player, that guy's available right then after the player's drafted. That's really cool. And I don't cover any other team, so I don't know what other teams do that. But that is really neat that in this previous couple drafts, we've talked to multiple scouts from all around the world where they can talk specifically about the player that was drafted to give us a report. Mm-hmm. Because Poyle doesn't always know that, but that's why you have staff that you trust and hut and you hire and trust to do this job. And so that overall, when they say why they drafted certain players, I believe them because it feels like they really were a part of the conversation that he makes it an actual team event. Yeah. That it's not him overriding because he's putting his trust into other people. Um, that, that for me, what, that's what I like with David Poyle, that that's not old guard. That's a new way. That's, that's like that's <laughs> accepting that you don't. That's swallowing your pride. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, that's and, going. And I don't know everything, but I'm a good manager, and therefore I'm going to manage the shit out of this and let the people who know what they're talking about yeah. do the talking. That's why you see, like you said, a lot more like scouting directors of, and then North America or Europe or rest of the world get right. to talk at the trade deadline on radio shows and TV shows compared to the general managers who are still on the phone. Because they're trying to muster up deals still while Bobby Joe, who is the head of North American Scouting, has been following this player. It's like, yep, great ad. They've been skating. They've played here. His little brother plays at the same high school, like knows the ins and outs where David Poyle just gets like a note sheet where it's like bullet point, (laughs) skates hard, bullet point, has a knack for finding the back of the net. Like I'd rather hear from the skilled individuals in the organization that get paid the money they get paid to do their damn job. Absolutely. Compared to just puppeteer. Absolutely. Okay. Have you seen Encanto yet? No. But here is an update before you get mad. Kyle's mad at me, too, for not seeing that. Um, I watched all of Hawkeye. Okay. 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 the first two episodes of Boba Fett. Okay. I still have to watch the third one. When did that come out? Today. Every Wednesday, bud. Well, you know... Days are days to me, not I know, Monday, Tuesday, I know. Wednesday. Uh, I, know. I need to watch the third one. Still haven't seen that. I'll do that tonight. But yeah, I've watched Hawkeye, and I watched uh, the other thing I said. Two episodes of Book of Boba Fett. Okay, well, spoilers for Hawkeye. Uh, what were your thoughts on Hawkeye as a series? Family, I guess, is the only word, and I don't mean that Vin Diesel family. I just mean, family. like, I rewatched all the Fast and the Furiouses a couple weeks ago. What an experience. Um, I, I'm sure. I did that during the height of the pandemic. It was like, <laughs> fast like eight. I was like, what the f- What am I doing? Um, but for Hawkeye, if I wanted to introduce someone to Marvel on a family-friendly show, it'd be Hawkeye. Like, even if it's a this holiday is, show. It's this great. is considering, like, all the movies as well. This one is the most family-friendly. And my biggest, easy to follow. My biggest selling point is they had a one-eyed dog. That loved pizza. Here, I thought you were gonna say Haley Steinfeld. That too, she's great. But I mean, and, like, and and she's part Filipino. She is, and she can sing because of all those days at Lola and uh, Lolo's like yeah. karaoke. <laughs> um, but genuinely, it was just such a. It was fun. 
it was fun. It was a fun show. I liked it it a lot. Wasn't anything over the top in terms of wow, what a like creative way to do this. There were some good homages, like with Black Widow and him saving uh, Haley Steinfeld at the side of the Mm -hmm. building. Like those were good. Just callbacks. And the the interaction between Yelena and Kate, though, were incredible. So good. Great chemistry. So many fun, haha moments. There was really nothing that I could nitpick at it. It was. It was good. It was good. Yeah, I, I I'm so glad. You know, we're gonna get more of Haley Steinfeld, mm-hmm. um, in her character as Kate Bishop, as well as Yelena Belova. Yeah. We're gonna get so much more of them together because Marvel's gonna realize, oh, look at the chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're definitely gonna be in movies together. I mean, because they are. I mean, that's what they're setting up. They're setting up Young Avengers and everything too. Um, the the great little touches that I like, obviously Kingpin coming in. Oh, oh, oh boy, Vincent D'Onofrio is is so good. And then, um, the touch with the watch. Hawkeye's wife ended up being Mockingbird mm. is really cool too <coughs> oh jeez <laughs> I'm muting the recording mic so I can chill <laughs> wrong tube I think for Mr. Best um, but yeah I like those little touches there too but like what you say I think to introduce somebody that'd be fantastic especially as a six part series it's like hey here's something fun to watch the family test it with your kids like if you have a, a eight-year-old or something and you're not sure see if they get a little bit of interest here because it's not you're not getting the deep superhero stuff it's and just you, like fun action comedy and you don't need to know the mcu to the most extreme in order to make it work like no, they imply enough you can't show someone uh falcon winter soldier kind of thing because there's way too much to know can't show About someone everything. wandavision <laughs> because there's way too much to know hawkeye it's basically good guys against bad guys here's big plot twist and a little then, bit of detective work right and then mcu twisty twisties like with uh, yeah. kingpin and things like that then yeah, yeah that makes sense but there is nothing like you can go into that dry and watch it and just be f- completely oh, fine please don't go in dry <laughs> okay last thing before we have to wrap it up we are getting closer and closer to the stadium series and so i want everybody to know we want everybody to know we are working on planning stuff for stadium series weekend uh, because Mr. Best made his plans and he is coming to Nashville, baby. I am legitimately like confirmed and booked. The only thing stopping me now is that COVID virus. (laughs) Um, (sighs) Yeah. I'm coming in on the Friday morning and I'm leaving Monday afternoon. So our tentative plan is what meet up on Friday, we said. Friday for dinner. Yeah. And podcast recording Sunday. Oh, I like that. That's new. Okay, I'm down. Well, and sun- Sunday's my day with you. Oh, yeah, we're um, having a special date day. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, when I, told, when I told yeah. you about my Sunday plan to rent a car and drive around, I didn't mean for it to be like, hey, come drive me around and hang out. I just meant it isn't like... I'm going to film my That's your day. dick around day. Yeah, that's my, I'm probably going to be hungover day and don't want to get on a plane to go no, home yet. No, we're going to have a boys day. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Like, it's not just going to be food necessarily. It's just going to be, we're going to actually hang out. Yeah, because the most we've ever hung out in person is like an hour and a half to two hours max. Yeah. 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 It's going to be, it'll be fun. Just, I'm excited. It'll be weird. It'll be weird. Well, it'll I'm going to wear clothes. Shit, I guess better do that too. Mm. Okay. Uh, and then, so our plan is on that Friday before the stadium series, we want to have a get together for Filipino food. Yep. Uh, I'm going to make a call probably two weeks before to see what's going to be going on that night. So, or be on the lookout for reservation, not for reservation, for RSVPs, because it's something we want to spend with you. If you're going to be in town, 
Kyle, I swear you better find a way to be down here for this. He's coming for sure. So Kyle's coming for sure on the Saturday because he's going to the game with me. Okay. Um, but the Friday, he's trying to come down. And then the Sunday, he said he wants to stick around for a little if he can and hang out with us. Okay. Well, good. Because cool. yeah. we want it, we want to get a group. It doesn't have to be huge. So don't feel pressure to come yeah. and hang out with us. But especially for Filipino food, it's in Laverne. Just so everybody knows. The one Filipino restaurant in Nashville. It's a mar- small market. So... I'm sure they'll love the business. We're going to uh-huh. make sure we order ahead and everything too. But man, I want to introduce you to a lot of different Filipino food and enjoy um, at there. And then Sunday, we want to do a live podcast recording. So we're going to figure out a place for that. So if you know of a place, particularly like a brewery or a distillery uh-huh. that would love to have a live event, I'm going to reach out to Tailgate. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. So people don't say Tailgate because Tailgate's like three miles from my house that works out and well. they have definite space mm-hmm. for something like this but if you have connections especially folks if you have connections at a venue or even a restaurant or something that has space for something like this please reach out to us let us know so we can book something like this we want to have a big meetup and get together with everybody post stadium series yeah. so i know friday you're and sunday the same friday and sunday yeah. we're not going to try to do anything stadium series day because it's just going to be a mess everywhere and we don't want to make anybody feel like they have to miss something else going on downtown mm-hmm. to hang out with us we don't want to put you in that predicament also <laughs> I am looking for a chaperone on Friday, Saturday <laughs> for all the fun bars around town that's not the local spots, like that tourists go to. So if you'd a like chaper- to come on an adventure with me, let me know. Oh, dear God. We'll, we'll see how I'm doing that day. See, I just don't think there's a world in which I get you drunk. I was drunk last Saturday. See, I, I mean, like, for the stadium series or on the Friday. I feel like you're too responsible well if i'm driving then yes that, I'm that's my point yeah yeah i think you'll yeah. be driving you can crash at the hotel i'm saying it <laughs> oh dear god <laughs> it's one king bed and a sofa bed Whew, that all sounds bad for my back also one sounds good for cuddling one sounds god whatever <laughs> anyways so we're, we're, we're gonna work on that be on the lookout for it because we know everybody wants to hang out and obviously i'm gonna plan on being media at the stadium series game but i want to come hang out with everybody uh, pre-game and everything and it should end at a decent time because they're possibly going to start it mid-afternoon is what mm-hmm. it probably will be so yeah be on the lookout for that really excited to hang out with everybody and for a lot of you to actually meet matt for the first time yeah in it's person gonna be kind of weird because i'm pretty bad with names so someone's going to come up to me and be like you're right you're well, especially right. because so many people don't use their picture as their avatar. Yeah, I'll be like, somebody will be like, oh, I'm this person. I'll be like, oh, your guy with logo as name, right, or as picture. <laughs> gotcha. Exactly. So, and next time you hear from us, folks, I will be a married man. Oh, yeah. I wanted to bring that up so, at the end. Congratulations, by the way. I, oh, it's thank like you. It's like a pre-congratulations, but. Thank you. Are you, like, you nervous, excited? I'm excited just to to be done so we can go on our honeymoon <laughs> that's true you're very much looking forward to that aren't you i'm very much looking forward to a vacation yeah. very, very much so so but i'm very excited to have it's a very small ceremony as most of you know um in fact matt's trying to work to come down for the reception in april mm-hmm. uh, i've we've so, mostly planned it out just baseball yeah. game before and then drive down which is great to make it a, a big trip like that that's yeah. awesome yeah um folks if truly because i know we have loyal listeners if you want to come to our wedding reception, please reach out to me and I'll get you the details. It's going to be in the Nashville area. That's the goal, April 30th. Mm-hmm. So if you truly do want to come and celebrate with us, 
you are invited because I know we have a lot of people don't feel awkward about it. I have a, a Facebook event, but I'm just not friends with everybody on Facebook and everybody is on Facebook. So please reach out to me, DM me, tweet me, whatever, and say, hey, I'd really love to come celebrate with you all. Mm-hmm. Please, please do that. Um, and so I'm very excited about that. It might snow on my wedding day. So let's just hope that it waits until we're after after we're there so we can actually get to it. Because mm-hmm. again, for those northerners that aren't aware, we have a lot of hills here, so it doesn't take much to slow things down because we don't have a lot of plows. And so, a little hill with a little bit of snow was very it's bad. A disaster. Yeah, it's a disaster. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that and 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 having Monday off because it's uh, again Martin Luther King Jr. Day here in the states, and so a nice little long weekend for it. That is, mm-hmm. you planned that out quite nicely. We did. We did that on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's for sounds sure. Like it. So, and then leave for honeymoon on February fifth. That's so. pretty damn good. You're gonna yeah. be nice. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, I had something to say, and I completely forget it. And you feel free to send gifts, folks. I'm more than. <laughs> <laughs> did you want me to say that instead? No, no, I don't care. <laughs> this is this is my. This what do you What do you want? What do you want? Like, I have a registry. <laughs> What do you what do you want? You're doing you're doing the you're, you're doing the so Ryan what, do you what do you want? What do you want? But can I just what go up to you want? and give you a check and be like, here you go? Yes, I still use checks. Uh, it's a check with a QUE, isn't it? Yes, it is, because <laughs> I am Canadian. <laughs> no, this is obviously this is my first wedding and it's really cool getting free shit. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, I'm on your website now. Register oh, no. right. You're not gonna live buy something, are I am. you? I am. Oh my god. I'm live buying something. We're Somebody showing... my my godmother did uh, my godmother got me my grill new grill set. Oh that's nice. So that was nice. Honeymoon fund. We have honeymoon funds. That's cool. Everything too. Yeah, it is really a ceramic neat. bowl. Oh, okay, so if I buy one it gets off the list. I don't use wedding right. registries, I just give people cash. Well no, see, I, I learned so much too. Like it's really cool. Oh god, we're getting into wedding talk here, we've been rolled in their eyes. But it's really cool on Amazon they have this feature for group gifting. Like you can set a price so, and if something costs a certain amount, people can contribute. Like every, like you have six people get together and each chip in fifteen dollars or something like that. Who uh <laughs> who bought you the Roomba and did they want to be my friend? Somebody bought it? Oh, it's out of stock. Don't give me. Don't do that to me. Oh, it's out of stock. I, yeah, yeah, it's out of stock. Then I, then I guess I better replace it. <laughs> Something else. Ooh. But <laughs> what? That's expensive. Well, Where are pots and pans? Well, okay, those are local. Those are made like in Clarksville, Tennessee, uh, and they're extremely high quality. Okay, that makes sense. Clearly, not an adult doesn't buy things like that. Right. Well, I mean, it's just one of those things. We just put it there because of why not? Just in case. Right. Um, and we figured, too, again, like if people talk and get together and get stuff, it's like that's why there's some big ticket items here because family, of course, too. Right. I mean, family mm-hmm. is willing to, to spend more money sometimes. And then if people get together and want to do a group gift and that's what's cool about it, that we said, I think the minimum is seventy five dollars. So anything is seventy five or more people can get together as a group and chip in money for it, just which is buy awesome. the thing. How do oh, I? God. Okay, this is. I want to do this live on the show. <laughs> God, now I'm nervous. Well, I'm now... used to Amazon.com or .ca, not .com, so this is all different. Like legitimately. Oh. Like, okay, proceed to checkout. Oh God. Select a okay. Deliver to this address. Full address hidden for privacy. I'm gonna keep. You know, it I'm privacy. gonna get an email as soon as you do this. Too. You are. 
Which is going to be really funny. Yeah, that MasterCard. Oh, my God. You can review this order before it's final. Okay. Um, oh, oh, select card okay. currency. Continue. So many things. I don't want a free 30-day trial of Prime because I have it. <laughs> no thanks. This is crazy. We're giving you 30. <laughs> I don't want the 30 days. Place your order in CAD. And is it going to you? Like, you should get it. Oh, you just get it when it ships? When it ships, yep. Like, it just there's ships no, directly. It, doesn't, it doesn't wait for your day? No. Oh, wow. Because we had some stuff arrive today, and we're like, wait. Right. But we didn't know when because we didn't get tracking numbers or anything. Happy wedding. Oh, my God. What did you do? What did you do? I bought the thing that makes the most sense to buy <gasps> between me and you. Oh! <laughs> Dude! Thank you. You're welcome. Happy I'll... wedding. Matt just... <laughs> Matt, this is the part I did it for. <laughs> the... <laughs> the... The Yum Asia Sakura rice cooker with ceramic bowl and advanced fuzzy logic. You need to tell me what fuzzy logic is when you use this thing. I saw it and I was like, what would be really fun to buy out of all these? Oh my god. So I put it on there because it's one of those things where it's like, holy shit, dude, thank you. No problem. Happy wedding. Thank you. Thank you. Because we have a simple rice cooker, the one button, you know, you yeah, just push yeah, it down yeah. and the, it goes the ding. Little, the, it's like a ticky thing, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's dings, but like I want to upgrade it because it'll do so much more, obviously, yeah. too. But it also has settings for different types of rice. There's a setting for yogurt on it that, yeah, kind of weird, but you know, you, yeah, you it know. is, yeah. You wanted but the black like, one, right? Yeah, yeah, the one that was listed on there, yeah. Okay, well, there was but you, you just, was like, uh -oh. well, yeah, oh, yeah, but yeah, it's it's cool because it's different types of rice, whether it's sushi rice, jasmine <laughs> rice, long grain rice. I mean, yes, folks, there are different types of rice. <laughs> You're but. fired up for this. Dude, thank you. That you is, are very well. You're awesome. Anything I cannot for wait you, for buddy. our date day after the stadium series. I am very excited too. But yeah, I saw this. I was like, in terms of it being a fun bit, that was the one. That had to be. That had. To that be was it. the one. That was definitely the one. That was the one. You're the one. Though the air fryer, it was between. I was gonna ask you what would you rather like between the air fryer and the rice cooker, and I was like, right, me buying you a rice cooker hits funnier than me buying you an air fryer. Oh, trust me, when it arrives, I'm taking a picture and I'm making sure you're tagged. <laughs> I cannot wait. I'm excited. I would also like to see the first rice you make, even if it's okay. just boring ass regular white rice. Okay, absolutely. That's all I ask. Absolutely. Thank you. No problem. Um, so there you go, folks. Matt just bought me a new rice cooker <laughs> alive. <laughs> so I'm, just titling, to hear me read. I'm titling this episode Matt bought Justin a rice cooker You just wanted to hear me read Yum Secura rice cooker that, yeah. Yum Asia Advanced fuzzy logic I know like, <laughs> Could be a rap name Oh god But it looks stylish too It looks sleek It does look nice Yeah I'm very excited I've seen some TikToks on it That's why I was like I want a new um, rice cooker I see I see yeah. I see yeah. So, okay, folks. Well, he's at Best of Matt. I'm at Just Me Bradford. It's Triple P Podcast underscore Preds Pucks Pinoise. Good Thanks job. so much for listening. And next time, I'll have some bling on my thing. I mean, my, my finger. And his penis. Bye. <laughs>